Hey coconuts, welcome back. And uh, yes, you can tell I'm in the same set. <laughs> if you if you are not on our YouTube, you should check it out. And uh, yeah, you can see me physically performing, you know, so that you know, for your amusement and for your entertainment. <laughs> but yes, today we're going to talk a little bit about toxic boomer financial advice. Okay, my goal is not to like roll up some internet trope or like just get everybody very angry about what boomer tells you, but just to recognize that Different people grew up in a different environment and your experiences, your environment, your world, it shapes your worldview that then informs how you do certain things and your core beliefs. Right? So that's where I'm coming from. And from this train of thought, there are some things that I still hear a lot of boomers say that I find very problematic if you are going to take in this view today. So I'm going to share with you this thing. It's a two-part series. Yes, there's a lot of things that they say. <laughs> Part one, we'll do personal finance. Okay, next week, then we talk about investing. So welcome back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we'll be bunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering is creating a life we love while managing our finances well. So today, we are going to embark on our two-part series of Toxic Boomer Financial Advice. Um, essentially, things that I think don't really work anymore. Okay, life established in the early part of the podcast, which pretty much is your opener. Uh, I've talked a little bit about where do your decisions come from? So your personal experiences will inform a certain way of thinking, a certain way of thought and a certain belief that then translates into the way you do things. All right, so this is very common. It's, it's boomer or not, Gen Z, Gen X, whatever, millennials are. It all comes from there, right? So what you believe, what your experiences are will then inform uh, pretty much your habits, your practices and your, your money ideas. They are all, they all stem from your experiences. So let us set a little bit of context. Huh? What kind of environment did a lot of these boomers uh, grew up in, right? So they, they grew up in a time when uh, there was a lot of um, inequality. There was a lot of... Yeah, why do I say so? Because uh, I'm a firm believer that Singapore is not a kampong. It's been centuries since we were a mega port in this part of the world. Right? So all your in your traders from different parts of the Indonesian archipelago and your colonial powers, they came here to trade. Of course, eventually your colonial powers uh, took over the place. Okay, so... On the backdrop of colonialism, none of them came for nation building, which is why you don't see them colonizing places that are poor and broke. Okay, They only go to get um, the riches and they want to own and control trade hubs and be the monopoly. Right? So with that in mind, Singapore is not a kampung. Okay, it's not a kampong. For a very, very long time, there are, we have some kampong, but we're not fishing village, okay, to be to be very, very clear. So uh, we're not fishing village for a very long time. 
We have always we have been a port for a very very long time. So the boomers probably grew up in a time when there were a lot of coolies, there were a lot of all these hong tou jing, there were a lot of people that were just like very um, pretty much menial laborers, right? So a lot of laborers, and they do grow up. They grew up in such an environment. So when they grow up in such a backdrop where there's a lot of inequality, that was, uh, they do hard labor to survive. Um, and they may have gone through some turmoil during the war. Okay, may or may not. Some of most of the people that you get advice from today probably have not gone been through the war anymore. But if you talk to the the earlier boomers, right, your pioneer generation, nah, those are boomers that have been through the war. So going through a war, I'm dead sure is traumatic and it will inform uh, their worldview also which is why they always say like oh I must close the door ah. uh, what if later people something 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 there's a lot of fear in them okay um, and it's very there is basis for it because that is the backdrop that they grew up in which then informs their views right but when you wind all the way to today where a lot of us are working white collar jobs um, or at least are not like slave labor. Okay, you, I mean, we can debate on the modern slavery, blah, 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 but that's not the podcast here today. Right? So um, what I'm trying to say is most of us, we have surpluses. We are talking about investments. That's why you're listening to the podcast. Essentially, you have a lot of uh, access relative to them uh, when they were growing up and when they were in their formative years. Right? So with, with this backdrop of white-collar job, um, having a lot of surpluses, looking for quality over quantity, not talking about starvation, um, thinking about legacy and trying to build the longer term. Uh, a lot of the advice uh, that the older people are giving us, they, they, don't, they don't work anymore. Right? So a lot of the advice that the older people were giving us, they don't work and they may be a bit more problematic. Okay? So with this backdrop, I'm going to give you point number one of toxic boomer financial advice that I think uh, needs to be called out. Number one is uh, do not waste food. Uh. Money very hard to make. So I don't deny at that point in time, um, food was probably very scarce. You know, you look at the kind of the kind of things that people were dining. Um, at least in a lot of the documentaries, um, I mean, as a coolie, what do you really want to have, right? So you don't really have a lot to go around. So yeah, food is hard to come by. And with that in mind, um, yeah, don't waste food. Lah. It's very understandable. But today, this idea has uh, morphed into a... A, a treasure trove of weird little ideas, okay? Like, you see people going to feast, right? Say so they go to feast, they lim jiu, right? Or they go for those kind of like company dinner and you always hear this line, uh, the old people will say, ah, young people eat more, uh, yeah, don't waste food, uh, young people can eat more, should eat more. Right? <laughs> so, and this is very interesting because it's a, it's a good mix of celebration and also this underlying belief that food is hard to come by, should not waste. But actually, the whole thing that they were doing is wasting food because it is celebratory. They were just splurging. They know that everything that we've ordered here cannot be finished to begin with. right? So, and, th- and that is a good basis of how feasting and celebration began. Right? That's the whole idea of a feast, to have so much that you cannot complete. Right? Pretty much that's the idea of why people do you know, these kind of stuff, feasting. So this weird idea then harbors around in our train of thought. Right? Don't waste food. And I hear a lot of young people talking about it. Firstly, if you really don't want to waste, order less. Secondly, if you're going to consume excessively, just know that you can not waste food. 
over a prolonged period of time, it's going to affect your body and it's going to bump up your medical bills. I'm very sure about this. There's a lot of studies that show over calorie intake and you know uh, unhealthy diets. All these things you don't really need me to to tell you anymore, right? So, so this is number one toxic boomer advice that I hope that we can move away from. What is don't waste food? The very basis of don't waste food is not about finishing what is on the plate. It's about not ordering more to begin with and recognizing that there is the feasting culture and there's the day-to-day consumption. And during the day-to-day consumption, hey, don't order so much. Lah. Don't, don't. Why, why Thai peng must have like, you know, three dishes? Why can't it be two dishes? Perfectly fine. Right? So adjust the way of thought Drop this whole idea of not wasting food. Order what is enough. Take care of your body. Right? That is way more important and way more impactful on your finances than that, you know, three extra mouth of grains just to please the people around. Okay, so, so this is something that I think we need to change. We need to revisit. It's not about not wasting food. It's about taking good care of your health and not even ordering to begin with. Okay, very, very important. Which brings me to point number two, another toxic boomer advice that um, it's you know thrown around very very often, and that is, you get what you pay for. Pricier is better, and I will expand on this afterward from our sponsor. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You get what you pay for. Uh, price here is better. You, I'm sure you've 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 heard it right. Like, 一分钱一分货啊，本钱 blah 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 blah. So I'm sure I'm sure you've heard all these kind of stuff, right? Where there's this core belief that the more expensive something is, the better quality it is. Which by now, I think in our generation, it we, we a lot of people do harbor these ideas, right? It's there, you know. Um, you, you see it in the way people spend. You see it in the way people look at things. I mean, there's so much study around this that uh, the way you price, right? How you price yourself, right? If you price within uh, this benchmark, then you are like, you know, you're you're in the red ocean. There are a lot of people here. You must price very, very high, premium, separate yourself, differentiate. There's a whole bunch of study around these things. And um, I, I just want to point it out. Let me give you a different view of pricing mechanisms, okay? From a business person's point of view, huh? Uh, to be fair, there are three broad criterias in pricing. Number one is the cost to produce, right? So it's cost of goods, right? Pretty much end to end this idea. Like for us, when we do content, our hardware to the time that I spend on recording, researching, and post record, post producing uh, with the team, and the product that comes out, right? this is the cost to produce the end product. Research, record, post, go out. So there's end-to-end manpower costs and yeah, pretty much manpower costs, some hardware, but manpower costs, this is a cost to produce, number one. Number two is the cost to differentiate, right? To make us a little bit different, then you, know, you must find like better hosts, you know, like more handsome one, or you want like nicer set, right? Nicer plant, or you want to get good guests, different guests, or even if you are doing something that's a hardware, let's say you're selling a tea, 
something tea set, right? Or you want a nicer view, right? You 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 do varnish, right? Like what's the difference between this tea set and a mochacha tea set? They both make tea, right? Cost of goods to produce is the same, but we differentiate. So we have used atas ingredient, uh, atas. Uh, yeah, varnishing, right? The, the finishing must be better. So, cost to differentiate. It's a big thing, okay? And some is hardware, some is marketing, right? Like to put yourself out there, you know, be different. Uh, there's so much going into cost to differentiate. And number three is the cost to acquire you. Right? So, it can be a storefront, it can be a big sale, it can be online. Uh, it's multiple ways to acquire you as a customer, right? So, which is why there are all these platforms online. You can start your own online shop. You can yeah, walk into a store. There are many, many ways. So, these three pretty much forms the pricing mechanism, right? Cost to produce, cost to differentiate, and cost to acquire. And when you think about this, right, most of the premium, most of the premium comes from cost to differentiate. Okay, not cost to produce, neither is it cost to acquire. Cost to acquire, pretty much the same. If you go to, everybody goes to, um, let's say you go to Shopee, Lazada, not sponsored. Okay, you should sponsor us. Shopee or Lazada, and uh, you go to this store versus that store, the cost to operate the store is pretty much the same. Doesn't matter which store you go to. Right? Same with uh, if you go to a shop next to each other, like both of them in the hawker center, this one sells kuih peng, the other one also sells kuih peng, chicken rice. Um, it's the same. Right? They, 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 the cost to acquire you as a customer is pretty much the same and the cost to operate is pretty much the same. It is the cost to differentiate that comes in. It's very exciting, very interesting. And when they try to differentiate, they can charge you a much higher price. So over time, I've learned to try to look at things from um, essentially the good itself, right? So what is the, where is this thing coming from? What is the composite of this thing? Let's say you buy facial stuff or you try to buy like, I don't know, cleansers. Find the active ingredient. Try to find out what's going on. Um, you get tea. Do you know that all the tea came from the same plant? If not, please go and look at the early episode of super food trends or some of the food trends that I'm very annoyed by. Right? So as you learn more about where do these things come from, what happens to get, get to this place, you can kind of sniff away the cost to differentiate. And then you start to realize that actually this thing and that thing, this is $50, that is $500. The only thing is because, you know, they get, I don't know, Zoite or Fan Wong or whoever these days to be like, do a post like that. <laughs> it's like, do it. does anybody still care about them? But anyway, um, yeah, you, you get the idea, right? So when you start to think of it this way, like they can be the same ladder. How much better can the ladder be, really? Ladder technology got changed or never. It's the same shit, right? So recognize that price you pay has a composite of all these things. It's not that more expensive means better. Find out what you need. Find out how things are done and just go for the quality product um, that doesn't spend a lot of money to try to differentiate itself, lah. Right, so this is a boomer financial advice. You you get what you pay for. The truth is, you don't really get what you pay for. You get what it's priced at. Right, there are a lot of other things that are within this price mechanism, and it's not that pricier is better. Which brings me to point number three, and that is study hard, get a good job. Your life will be great. Okay, <laughs> this is the mantra. Mantra. Okay, this is like the the epitome of boomer financial advice. Study hard, get a good job. Your life will be great. If you go and talk to anybody that gives you this, okay, my my experience, uh, my experience is study hard, get a good job, live a good life. Go and ask anyone that tells you that. Have they studied hard? Do they have a good job? 
Do they think they have a good life? Most of them will say no. <laughs> a lot of people that give you this advice, a lot, I'm not saying everyone, a lot of people that harbor this thought and give you this advice come from a position of a lack. That means they have not been there, they have not done that, they have not tried it. So all that they can tell you is a position of fear. There's a lot of fear because they are an envy, right? They look at their friends. Wow, you know, like my boss, huh? like wow. University grad now, nah, like doing very well, you know, or like, you know, my friend's son, nah, blah, 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 right? So, so it's a lot of this idea of the grass is greener on the other side. If you really ask them, have they studied? Do they understand the process? Do they think they have a good job? Do they have a great life? chances are they don't. If you've talked to people that actually studied and actually tried very hard to get a good job and tried very hard to live a good life, they will not simplify it. So my disdain for this advice, this toxic boomer advice, is not in the inherent idea of you should study hard, you should try to do get a good job and live the best life that you can live. I am not against this trajectory. I am annoyed by the packaging of this thing, whereas it is just a if you study hard, definitely get a good job, definitely get a good life. So this is the very smooth packaging that doesn't exist. Okay? Doesn't really exist. You study hard, you really got to be very, very, you got to be creme de la creme to get the kind of scholarship, to again be helicoptered. I'm sure you've met some of these people. They've been helicoptered around. You look at them, really? you really better than me? I've just taken a longer path. But that's a discussion for another day about meritocracy. I will get there. Huh? But the idea here is not to say, oh, you shouldn't you know, study hard or you shouldn't do your best to uh, live a good life because, hey, I think it's great. I think it is great to give your best to live the best life that you can have or you want to have. Right? What is so problematic about pursuing uh, to the best of your abilities and pursuing your goals and dreams? I don't have any problems with that. My qualm is yeah the simplification of it. Right? So recognize that study hard, great, good on you. You get a good job. You get you get study hard, great. You get good grades. Period. Good grades doesn't mean you get good job. That's a different ladder altogether. You got to play around with the job market. Understand when you can negotiate for, for price. Who should you jump to? What is your company doing? Do they have a growth trajectory? If they have a growth trajectory, can you join it? If they don't have a growth trajectory, maybe you should. Jump, you know, very annoyed when people say, oh, I survived tree restructuring. If a company goes through tree restructuring, you better be at the top. If not, you out you go. Okay, don't waste your time there. Um, so the job market is the different market. And then by extension, the life, right? The life that you want to create, the things that you want to do, the, the whole understanding of the self, that is a different ballgame altogether. They are not one package. You should do this and do that and do that. Give your best, do your best, go out, live your life. Great, good. But they're not strung together like that. And when you when you can separate them, it gives you more peace, lah, I feel. It gives you... Uh, I mean, I'm i a big believer of clarity, right? The, the clearer you get, the, the better life is in my view. Right? It's not because definitely your life will be better, but at least you don't get stuck in this like what reality that if you do this, you get that, you get that. Right? And to me, this is a very toxic boomer financial advice. Right? At the end, it's about make money, live a good life. So to me, that's a financial advice. Yes, you can tell, very agitated. But yes, so this is the first part. Okay, and In closing, I, I just want to say that I, I am not judging boomers or I'm not um, against um, them as a collective. Right? It's, it's weird. It's like, it's like, it's like they judge millennials and then I judge them. It's not, I'm not that. I'm just trying to Find out where do these ideas come from, okay? And uh, some are a little bit clearer than others, and some are not. 
But at the same time, point out that some of these things are not very logical, oversimplified, coming out of fear, and also some are not contextual, right? That means they are not as useful where we are today, trying to live our life, right? Our goals are different, our context is different, the way we see things have changed, right? And for the better or for the worse, that's an open discussion. Okay, so this is part one. I will come back with part two, but I'm going to sum up part one. This three toxic boomer financial advice that I feel we should be more cognizant and I kind of move away from it. Number one is do not waste food. Money is very hard to make. Firstly, uh, I don't know if money is hard to make for you, but I have a tendency to believe that it is not. If not, you will not be spending a lot of time to think of how to invest your surplus, be spartan with money. You must have money to start to think about all these things, right? So I don't think it's that hard for you. But this idea of not wasting food over a prolonged period of overconsumption can cause a lot of bodily health issues that you probably shouldn't do it and you shouldn't mix the whole fisting basics, right? Like the fisting climate uh, back to your daily life, right? Just order less, eat what is enough, you know, don't need to be the same as everyone else. Eat what is enough for you. Um, you don't. You really don't want to incur long-term health issues and long-term you know, cost of health. Number two is uh, you get what you pay for. Price here is better. Of course, by now we've established that it is not the case. There are many things that go into why something is priced in a certain way, which we can keep talking about there. I'm going to share with you more about how... Um, People get you to spend more, right? So I'm going to talk about some of these things. Right? So how companies do it. But the base idea is pricier is not exactly better. Uh, wood is wood. Uh, leather is leather. <laughs> People spend a lot of money to differentiate themselves, right? Uh, learn about the products they're going to buy and eventually yeah, pay the price that you're comfortable with, okay? Pricier is not exactly better. And number three is study hard and get a good job. Your life will be great. That is not how things work. It is not about not studying hard, not getting a good job, not living a great life. No, it's just not so easily connected. It's three different games that you want to play. And great, good on you if you're doing a good job. But if not, hey, don't blame yourself. It is not a linear trajectory. Those things are not realistic. So with that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the Financial Coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Uh, follow us on our socials like Instagram, like Telegram, like Five Star, like, share, subscribe, you know, what you're waiting for. I'm looking at you. Uh, yeah, and if you have any thoughts, ideas, please drop in the comment section, email to us, hello at financialcoconut.com. If you have some good other things that you know the boomers have shared with you, please let me know. I'm also trying to do an episode where uh, I think boomers have given us some very good advice and I also want to put it out there that it's you know it's not all bad advice. Uh, but some are a little bit weirder, like like I've established, right? So with that, I will see you next week. Okay, so this is part one of a two-part series called Toxic Boomer Financial Advice. First part is the easy part, which is the personal finance part. Um, second part is the interesting part where, where it's a bit more about investing and we want to establish how the climate have changed for some of these things and how some of the possibilities have also changed, right? And, and how then do you play this game that fits your life, right? Which... To be fair, hundreds of episodes into the podcast, we've definitely talked about them here and there. You've definitely picked up something. You know, I'm just arranging it in a way that uh, fits a theme and also a good reminder for all of us, right? So I will see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.